So hello to everybody from around the world. Welcome to the Retail Wavemakers, a Sea Trade Cruise Talks podcast. My name is Nadine Heubel. I'm the Senior Managing Director of Travel Retail North America for Harper Dennis Hobbs. But today I'm talking to you as the Retail Ambassador for Sea Trade. Retail has been going from strength to strength in the cruise industry, and I'm grateful for Sea Trade to have acknowledged this development by creating a Retail Ambassador role, which I'm honored to have been appointed to. Part of my responsibility is to create further awareness for this exciting sector amongst cruise industry peers. And what better way to do it than creating our own podcast mini-series, the Retail Wavemakers Podcast. In this podcast series, I will welcome different stakeholders of the cruise retail industry, cruise lines, retailers, vendors, and consultants. And I will discuss with my guests the state of the cruise retail industry. We have a lineup of amazing guests, and we will hear from them firsthand about latest innovations, initiatives, challenges, and their personal outlook of the future of cruise retail. And we will also get a little personal with our rapid fire questions at the end of the podcast. I'm super excited that as my second guest, I'm welcoming today Lisa Bauer. Lisa is the CEO and president of Starboard Cruise Services, which also includes leading operations of sister company Onboard Media. Lisa held various senior positions in the airline, hotel, cruise and leisure travel industry. Before joining Starboard, she was the VP of Onboard Experience at Delta Airlines and in charge of elevating the Delta customer experience, which we all know is second to none. She also had a successful and long career at Royal Caribbean, where she oversaw hotel operations and sales and marketing. Lisa is indeed an accomplished leader whose career has been rooted in her passion for driving retail customer experience through innovation. In my previous life, Lisa and I have been competitors, competing for the same retail contracts on board various cruise lines. I have always admired the transformation Starboard underwent under her leadership. And therefore, today, I am happy that I have not to compete against her anymore. So, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nadine. And thank you so much for inviting me and for your uh, nice introduction. Absolutely. And thank you for being here because I know you had been caught in the horrible Miami traffic. And while I am actually one of the things of my, of my new position, I'm working from home. So sometimes I miss being in an office, but this is the one thing I don't miss because Miami I traffic know. can be just horrible, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. So let's get straight into it. Could you share with our listeners the scope of the retail operation at Starboard Cruise Services? So with how many cruise lines do you work? How many ships do you have? How many square feet of retail space do you operate? And also, what is your category mix? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting. Starboard actually started back in 1968. So it's been uh, certainly around in the cruise wow. sector for a very, very long time. Even 10 years prior to that was in uh, airport duty-free and really got it started as an industry. And today we're very proud to operate across 10 very diverse cruise line partners. And we're across 83 ships at the moment as of today, November 1st. We operate over 360,000 square feet of retail wow. space. So, and, and again, to, you know, to your question, it's across all categories, whether it's our luxury brands, you know, Swiss timepieces or fine jewelry or apparel to leather, to, you know, uh, food, liquor, candy, you name it, beauty, 
So it's very interesting across all categories. It's a very diverse business. It, it, it is indeed. When when I was asked, in, in, in again, in my past life, by people who maybe don't know it that well. So what products do you sell? I would always say we sell from a $5 kitchen magnet to a $30,000 Hublot watch and everything in between, right? That's that's our product mix. Yeah, it's a very, very complex offering. It is indeed. But another question which which I had, you know, when uh, when when I mean, I mean, I I, I knew that that before joining Starboard again, you you had been working at Delta in charge of customer experience there. What made you decide actually to leave the sea and go to the air and then come back to the sea from the air? Tell us a little bit about this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually worked back in the '90s for a airline called Midwest Express that was all business class, you know, gourmet food, complimentary wine, and was a really, really amazing airline initially owned by Kimberly Clark. And then we went public and won best domestic airline five years in a row because it was all about the customer. And so I had always had this passion for customer experience. And then I ended up at Royal Caribbean and I had a love of cruising because my mother owned a travel agency. And so I remember in my, you know, very young years, being very upset when all my friends were going to Florida and we had to go on a cruise. I had this love of cruising. And so when I was offered the opportunity to go to Royal Caribbean, it was like a dream come true and, you know, such a great brand. You know, I love the airline industry. I love the cruise industry. And of course, Delta is such an amazing brand. And when I had the opportunity to go to Delta, they really wanted to bring somebody in specifically from the cruise industry because the cruise industry has done such an amazing job with the guest experience. And so when I went to Delta, it was all about not just the North American guest experience, but the global customer experience. And how do you have a different product when you're going to Asia than when you're going to South America, than when you're going to Europe, and really make sure you have this deep understanding of who the customer is, what food the customer likes, what languages the customer speaks, you know, different protocols. And so... It really was a great opportunity at Delta. Delta is an amazing company. I can't say enough about it. Ed Bastian is the CEO, really, really a uh, inspirational leader and just really enjoyed my time there. But then when I got the call about Starboard and the opportunity to come back to South Florida, my family's here, you know, I have a huge friend network here. And of course, I had worked with Starboard as a business partner when I was at Royal. And so... (laughs) I really saw it as a great opportunity, having had the ability to sit on both sides of the table to really understand the business really well. And, you know, I looked at it as a great challenge. So here I am. (laughs) Probably more than you you wanted to know, but at least it probably explains (laughs) a little bit. Very interesting. I always love to hear, you know, there's always stories behind and not just the two sentence stories. There are always like deeper stories behind people's choices. So thank you for sharing. Now you talked also a little bit about, you know, what actually why Delta wanted to have somebody from the cruise industry. And now as you back, what, what do you think the cruise industry can actually learn from the airline industry? That's an interesting one. I think the airline industry, I think, is probably a little bit more agile than the cruise industry. Not sure why, but just in terms of the ability to pick up trends a little quicker, maybe. And uh, airlines and airplanes are easier to redeploy necessarily than ships. But I think they're both really trying to be about hospitality and not having airlines just be transactional. So you came back from Delta four years ago, five years ago? 2019. Yeah, six months before COVID. 
Always great timing, right? So when you rejoined six months before COVID, what, to your opinion, what was the state of the retail then? You know, honestly, you know, I had been with Royal when I was running operations and I hadn't seen a whole lot evolve, honestly, from then. I mean, it was always a really great offering, but there wasn't a whole lot that had changed. Uh, maybe a little bit of an introduction of some more of the luxury boutiques on board. I think that was very much inspired by the expansion in Asia. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's certainly opportunity because each of the cruise lines have things that are very, very important to them. So I think the opportunity was to lean in whatever was important to each of the cruise line partners and figure out how to bring that to life versus kind of this peanut butter approach where it was category driven and you'd buy the product and then you'd peanut butter it across mm -hmm. all cruise ships and cruise lines. So I think the real opportunity from my perspective was to figure out what did each of the cruise brands stand for and how did you assort and curate for them versus how it had been previously done. Hope that made sense. Yeah, no, ab ab absolutely. And do you think that this is really maybe the biggest untapped opportunity in, in the cruise retail industry that really to focus the customer offering based on the cruise line and based on a customer profile? Are there any other untapped opportunities you would love to talk about? You know, I think it's two things. One, from my perspective, was just the way we work with our cruise partners and engage with them. So You know, my objective with creating the account teams at Starboard was so that every one of our cruise line partners felt like they were our only partner. You know, we created these dedicated account teams that wake up in the morning focused on one of our cruise brands and went to sleep that night. <laughs> and they really knew what that cruise partner stood for, who their customers were, their itineraries, you know, really understood what was happening with that cruise line and were able to communicate that to the merchant team. And I thought that was a huge untapped opportunity because You know, even back from my days at Royal, which was a, you know, a very large cruise line, you never knew if you were getting the full attention. And, you know, now I wanted to make sure every single one of our cruise line partners, you know, kind of fell back in love with us and really felt like they were our only partner. So I thought that that was a, a really big opportunity. Thank you. I, I like what you said that your cruise line partners to fall in love with you again. That's a nice way to put it. Another question I have for you is, Starboard is part of the LVMH group. And could you share with us a little bit how you create synergies between your sister brands, not only the brands like the Dior's of this world, but also with BFS as an airport retailer or Sephora or other partners? I couldn't be happier to be part of LVMH. I have an incredible boss who really helps us you know, navigate within LVMH that one of the beautiful things about LVMH is each of the Masons are really empowered to work independently, but yet we try to work together to figure out how we can, you know, really collaborate in unique ways. And a couple examples, Nadine, that I would share with you. One is with Le Bon Marche, the fabulous department store I love um, it. <laughs> in Paris. Oh, I yeah. love the place. Yes. And we actually really partnered with them because they do such an incredible job with these personalized experiences and we collaborated with them and they helped us source over 70 unique destination brands for our Mediterranean season last summer, which was fantastic. Wow. You know, we partnered with DFS with the global supply chain shortages. They were able to help us out with some different beauty opportunities. You know, we partnered with Sephora on global beauty trends and how to be out in front of what they're seeing from the customers. And we're able to say, you know, what do customers in Europe want versus what do the customers in Asia want versus, you know, North America. So the consumer insights has been something that's been a huge benefit. And then, of course, 
you know, the distribution within some of the luxury brands and really partnering with them, some of the collaborations. I shared about uh, Le Bon Marche, but we've also done something similar with uh, Le Samaritaine and some, you know, really trying to partner there. And um, one of the things that I'm happiest about was, you know, I had met Ida Simonson, who's the president of Stella North America, at one of the LVMH president's meeting. And we started talking about how much I love Stella and how I'd love to get the Stella brand on a ship. And we were able to, you know, bring Stella as a first at sea on beyond. So I think it's just really about establishing those relationships within LVMH and really finding out what's important for the LVMH brand and how Starboard can partner and be a part of that. Thank you. Yeah, LVMH is definitely an amazing group. And both Le Bon Marché and Le Samaritain are one of my most favorite places to go to when I come to Paris. Yes. So, yeah. yes. You'll have to let me know the next time you're headed there and uh, we'll get you set up with our folks that run it for a behind the scenes. It's quite oh, fascinating. Perfect. Really? Oh, I would, I would, I would oh, love yeah. this. I will definitely take you up on this offer. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're amazing. I can only imagine. Another question I have is, you have done so many different new amazing initiatives on your 83 ships as of today, correct? Yeah, I remember this correctly. What is the retail initiative you're most proud of? I would say probably the curation that we've really been able to move to. You know, we used the pause when we were shut down to really get together as a leadership team and create our North Star and really have the whole organization understand what we stood for. And it was a lot of work. And really, we tapped into Curate a Vibrant World and this idea of not walking into, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but not walking onto a cruise ship and having it feel like it's an airport and it's this mm -hmm. category next to this category, but more around how a customer could walk into Mankind, for example, that we launched on Apex, which is a men's boutique anchored in Mont Blanc and all kinds of men's accessories, everything from liquor to leather to accessories to fine jewelry and really this idea of curation I think is very important and then also how we've been able to start deliver on destination and really bring the destination to life in a way that you know the guests can take home memories so we you know we have a long way to go but I think the idea that our team understands that it's about this idea of curating a vibrant world is really everybody's rowing in the same direction Great. And I remember also that when we met in Barcelona for the DFNI Cruise Conference, you had also created this new word for instead of travel retail. Retailtainment. Retailtainment is also one of the, I think, one of the, the things I always hear and read when I hear about your new initiatives. And as we are here at the Sea Trade podcast, I, of course, also have a Sea Trade related question for you. In your opinion, what should Sea Trade do to really help cruise retail industry thrive? The best thing I can say is that we need to get people that have not experienced cruise on board, even for just a ship tour. I'll give you an example. Last week, we had Celebrity Beyond in New York, and I invited the LVMH presidents from New York to come. And I had a number of the LVMH Missons, whether it was Tag Heuer, or Hublot, Raposi, Ramoa, I could go on and on, none of whom had ever set foot on a ship. Those that are not in the cruise industry have the perceptions of cruising that are not good, that are about lines and crowds, not the incredible experience it is. And so I'm on this mission and I'd love to partner with Sea Trade to figure out how do we do panels where we invite some of the leaders of the large retail companies to come and talk about what's important to them. And, you know, when they're deciding to put one of their luxury 
watch boutiques on a ship, what's important to them? And then how do we also reciprocate and put ship tours and things like that in place to be able to host them and work with the various cruise lines, even to invite them to the two-night inaugural sailings and things like that. So I think we have a joint educational opportunity because the cruise lines don't understand brands requiring adjacencies and so much square footage and how their brand comes to life. We have an educational opportunity to do the cruise line. So I think if we can give some of the retail partners a seat at the table to explain you know, what they're looking for, and then we can do the same and really educate the cruise line partners, I think it'll be transformational in the way that we approach retail moving forward. Perfect. I, I love this and I'm happy to partner with you on, on, on this one. I think this is a great initiative as a retail ambassador. And I want to really take this offline with you, Lisa, and see what we can do I think it to, would be great. to do this. I mean, even just the reaction from last week, Nadine, with the folks that I had on board, just to see their reaction, it's amazing. You yeah. take them through the suite and they're like, when can we sail? But meanwhile, <laughs> they were not going to step foot on board unless I... Yeah you know, yeah. encouraged it. Yeah, there's a lot of education to be done. I agree, fully agree with you. <laughs> so Lisa, are you ready for rapid fire questions? I am. I'll do my Great. best. <laughs> so what is your favorite cruise destination? My favorite destination is to cruise in the Med, but specifically Italy. Anything Italian, I'm in. The favorite location to unwind on a cruise ship? You know, I love to just sit by the pool and read a book. To me, that's a way for me to really decompress. Buffet or a la carte breakfast? A la carte. I think when I go to the buffet, I eat too much. So if I do a la carte, <laughs> I'm a little, uh, little more disciplined. <laughs> Good one. Bingo or trivia? That's a tough one. I'm going to go with bingo though. It's a little like gambling. What was the last product you bought on a cruise ship? Actually, I bought a beautiful John Hardy bracelet for my husband. Oh, That was my last purchase. <laughs> Lucky husband. Yes. What is your most favorite specialty restaurant on a cruise ship? That's a really hard one for me because there's so many that I <laughs> that I love. I would have to say my most recent experience that really was a wow was Eden on um, mm -hmm. on Celebrity. Just a beautiful, beautiful location. The open bar concept. I haven't seen yeah. anything like that at sea. The food was fantastic, and just Great the cocktails. whole overall. Yeah, just the whole overall experience. On each brand, I could pick a, a favorite specialty <laughs> restaurant because I love to eat. But that was probably my most recent. That was a the true, really incredible experience. And last question, which retail operation of a competitor on board which ship have you always wanted to visit? I personally, for a while, haven't sailed on MSC, but I think it would be interesting just because it's such a different model than others just to really experience that. So I'm going to have to talk to Adrian and make that happen one of these days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Great. Lisa, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you and I really learned a lot. So thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you, Nadine. Appreciate it. Look forward to uh, following up on what we can do to support Sea Trade. Perfect. I will do this. Thank you. Thank you.